Praise the Lord. Two months ago, I started the series of studies on living a life of faith. That's what I began the series, living a life of faith. Can I have the screen, sister? And on part one of that, we, we took, I took the point on the journey of faith and keeping Abraham as a point of view and of our study. The journey of faith was the first part. And I'll just quickly, because of time, I prepared a one-hour message. I have to bring it in 30 minutes. I need to tell you something. The enemy didn't want me to preach this message. I don't know why. I've been, I've been hit from all directions before coming here. From every direction I've been hit. Very especially work-wise. I intended to do something good. It's turned around. And it came against me. My health, three nights on the journey, every night, two o'clock. I get up with a severe pain, unbearable, the whole night keeping awake. So for some reason, the enemy is stopping this message, and I don't know. There are not one or two, but there are many who are going to be blessed today. Amen. Amen. Many, because the enemy doesn't want this word to be go how to you. So please pay attention. One more request. Put off your cell phone, please. If there's any day that you need to do it, do it today. Don't let the word slip away from you today. Amen? Don't let the word slip away from you. Right. So looking at, let us go quickly and see the next slide, sister. The next, we see what we covered last two months ago as a brief summary of what we covered. As number one, we see that a life of faith begins with a call from God. Number one. Number two, God had called Abraham to leave his place of comfort and security to follow God to a place only God knew about, and Abraham never knew about it. Three, the Word of God tells us that when Abraham was called, he believed and he obeyed. You seen that? He believed and he obeyed. The fourth one, he went out even though he didn't know where he was going. The fifth point that we covered last two months ago, God made a covenant with Abraham to bless him and make his name great. Mark that down. It's a very important point. To bless him and to make his name great. The sixth one, God also told Abraham that he would be a blessing to all on the face of the earth. The seventh one, God, Abraham committed his life to God and as a result of his commitment, the last one, God gave Abraham a confirmation of the promise that he had already received. So that's what we covered two months ago in the journey of faith. And today I've titled my message as How to Avoid Making a Bad Decision. How to Avoid Making a Bad Decision. And the scripture that I'm taking today is from Genesis chapter 12 that we are going to continue. Chapter 12 from verses 10 to 20. Genesis 12, 10 to 20. Please take notes. Then we will continue to Genesis 13, verses 1 to 4. And if time permits, we will stop at Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. For some reason, I'll try to avoid not running through this message. And if given time, we will go to the second part, God willing. Okay. Now, in order to see the scripture, let us quickly read through the scripture from Genesis 12. Open your Bibles and we will read quickly from verses 10 to 20. Go to chapter 13 and we will continue. Yes, my brother. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass, 
when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was, when Abraham came into Egypt, that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Chapter 13, continue, Brother Abraham. Then... Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. And we see Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. In Matthew 10, 28, the Bible says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we ask you to take this word of yours, Lord God, and minister to us. Father, we pray that the word will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it was manifested, Lord God. Father, we pray that there will be no disturbance, Lord God. I pray that the enemy will not even steal one single word from your children, Lord God. Father, we pray that it will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The lesson aim for today's message, the aim of this lesson, the slide sister, is to see that to learn, the next slide, to learn to fear God rather than man to confront our problems instead of running from them. That's the aim. How you can confront it rather than running from it. In Abraham's journey of faith, we find in verse 8, if you look at verse 8, keep your Bibles open. If you see that, he pitched his tent between Bethel and A. Abraham pitched his tent exactly between these two places. Now, Bethel means House of God. And A means a place of ruin. Between the house of God and a place of ruin, Abraham built his tent. So we can see that he was living between these two places. Abraham is a real picture of a Christian who is on his journey of faith. Our journey of faith takes us from the land of ruin to the house of 
God. That's our journey from where we begin. Sometimes we knowingly, unknowingly, purposely will also pitch our tent between these two destinations. It happens. Now, during Abraham's journey, he had a crisis of belief. All of, all of you who finished the experience of God, you will know this. In the seventh book, it says, now in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6, if you look at 12, verse 6, says that the Canaanites were in that land, number one. But in verse 10, if you look at verse 10, the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land. So here was famine, and there was the enemy. A Abraham had a crisis of faith. He was faced with the enemy on the left and famine on the right. You and I are no different than Abraham. In our journey of faith, we often have crisis of belief, and sometimes you might be even going through it. Our journey of faith is not a journey without confrontation. We will face it at some given time. And I believe it is safe to say at this very moment that Abraham had not yet reached his full potential of faith at this very moment, but... As time went by, we see it. Abraham had a crisis of faith, and due to that crisis of faith, he made a bad decision. A very bad decision he made. The word crisis is defined as a turning point either for better or for worse, either two. And that's what crises do when we react in haste. Either it becomes good or it becomes worse. The decision that we take will reveal how we believe about God. In fact, how you and I live is a testimony of what we believe about God. Our, our life is a testimony of how you and I believe in God. Now, here we see Abraham facing starvation on one side, and it was sensible and logic for Abraham to choose the fertile ground of Egypt. It is natural. If you and I are starving, what will we do? Now, why did, maybe you could say 99% of us, or even 100% of us, we came to a land because this land is flowing with oil. There's money in this land. And we came. There's none of us who said, I'm only going for the sake of the gospel. Then we won't be working here. So, just as Abraham, who was going through a crisis, said, I will go to the land of Egypt. But when he made this decision, he made this move without consulting God. If you, before coming into this land, had gone to your father and our father and said, Lord, there is an opportunity, should I go there? And if he has made a way through and brought you, you know it is divine plan. Amen? The grass might seem greener on the other side, but it can only be gained at a price. And a very high price you will have to pay sometimes. As we look at the crisis of faith that Abraham faced, now let us look at what we are going to learn to help us to avoid making the same decision that our forefather has made. Now, living a, a life of faith is not easy. If you say, I'm living a life of faith, it's a very difficult and a very horrible road sometimes. In every turn, you will have somebody trying to hit you. In every turn, somebody is trying to pull you down. In every turn, you will have people opposing you. In every turn, 
people will speak bad of you. People will try to ridicule you. People will try to bring you down. People will do everything to, to turn you away from what God has called you to do. And just to look at something, even if you look at the scripture in Matthew, don't turn to it just for your reference. Write it down. In Matthew uh, 12, verses 46 to 48, we find where Jesus was talking to the people and suddenly we find Jesus' mother and brothers and sisters waiting outside to take him away. But there was a reason why they were waiting there to take him away. Because they thought that Jesus, either a son or their brother, had gone cuckoo. I'll tell you why. When you go home, read the scripture. Mark chapter 3, verse 21, they say that he's gone above, beyond his natural thinking. That means he's gone insane. They thought, oh, our brother has gone mad. There's one more scripture. If you go to John chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, you see, even his brothers told him, don't be here, go to some other place and preach with your disciples, because they didn't believe in him. Sometimes it will be your family members who will try to be an obstacle to your journey of faith. Your family members will try to pull you down. And if your family is not there, he will create, the enemy will create circumstances and situations and people to pull you down so that you don't believe in the true and the living God. The first point is don't run from your problems. Do not run from your problems. The first point is if we run, it's because we have fear. Fear makes you run from your problems. If we try to run from one set of problems, slowly that will lead to a new problem without us even knowing. You think you're getting out of one problem. Abraham would have thought that he is going to escape the pressure of famine by fleeing to Egypt. But once he was in Egypt, there was a new set of problems that began. God had a purpose to fulfill in our lives and through us. This will cause us to grow in faith in God. But sometimes we go against that and we start running our own strength in our own speed, in our own direction. Sometimes a new set of problems even becomes worse than the one that you even was in. That problem would have been now. Now you go to another area, you find yourself worse now. The Word of God says that Abraham went to Egypt not to live. You must understand that. He didn't go to Egypt to live there. He went to Egypt just till the famine was over in his land. And that's what you and I, sometimes we have come into this land till feel that the famine is over and we have enough, then we want to go back. But sometimes we do not know what we get into while we are here. We need to re realize that any step that is away from God, God's word, God's promises, is a step in the wrong direction. Any step that is opposite to God's word, God's promises, is exactly opposite to his direction and his blessings. Abraham took a step down. And the moment he took that step down, he started to operate in fear. The greatest enemy that the enemy uses against us. The greatest weapon, I mean, that the enemy uses against us is fear. Fear can hinder, number one, your relationship with your wife, your spouse, your husband. When you operate in fear, the first person that gets hit is one of the spouses. The second person when you operate in fear is your family members are, are affected. The third is your friends, your cycle. 
And most important, when you start to operate in fear, you, it becomes an hindrance to fellowship with God. You see the cycle of it? The first person is an immediate family member because you're not operating in faith, but now you're operating in fear, exactly the opposite to God's word. Don't try to run from your problems. Stay where you are until God asks you to move or allows you to move or makes a situation for you, for you to move. Now, faith, can I have that slide? Faith moves you in the direction of God, which is towards, number one, hope and peace. That's what faith does. In the direction of God, but it will bring hope and peace in you. On the other hand, the next point, unbelief moves you away from God and it creates restlessness and fear. That's what unbelief does and we see what faith does. In, in the book of Isaiah, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16 says, I will just read it, he that believeth shall not make ace. Don't be quick to fulfill God's purpose in your life. God has called you to do something. Yes, let it happen according to God's timing. Because God's timing is the best. If you try to help God, you will short-circuit what God has added in store for you. Amen? Amen. The New Testament says, the New Testament, the New Living Translation says, whoever believes need never run away again when you believe. You don't have to run again. In the, in the crisis of the question, we need to most be concerned is not how I'm going to get out of this problem, but how and what will I get out of this problem. It's not how I'm going to run out of this problem, but what I can get out of this situation that God is teaching me. We must understand that God is at work to build your faith in the crisis of belief. Amen? God has promised and he will make it to come to pass. Amen? Can you tell your neighbor, whatever God has promised to you, he will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. We find that our brother just now spoke, and we, we believe that's what God has put into their heart in Sat 7. We pray that God will fulfill it in Jesus' name. And in his time, not their time. And God's timing is perfect timing. Amen? The second point is, be thoughtful, your decisions can affect others. Most of the time we think, my decisions are not going to help uh, hurt anybody else. Ask yourself this question, how will my decision or my action have an impact on other people around me? That's a question we need to ask. Those of us that believe that our decisions do not impact others, I am a testimony to that. Ask a man who goes into a bar to drink and then drives what fatal damage he can bring to other people's lives. And I am one of those victims, that the man who drank and drive hit me. Sometimes you think, I am doing this and it's not going to hurt anybody. You will never know the consequences of what can happen of your wrong decisions or your wrongdoing. Let's take a closer look now at Abraham's decision to go down to Egypt and let us see how this changed, what it made in his life and how he acted towards others. We're going to see two things. Now, there are four, four changes that took place in the life of Abraham when he started to operate in fear. There are four changes that took place. Number, and those same four changes will take place in our lives when we operate in fear. So when you start to operate in fear, there are four changes you have to be very careful. And number one, 
he stopped trusting God and started to scheme. Here was our father of faith. He stopped trusting God and he started to scheme. Just because of time, we will not read everything. But if you, let's go back to our scripture reading. Genesis 12, verses 11 to 13. I want to show you one, one scripture there. We are looking at Genesis 12, verses 11 to 13. But the scripture that I want to show you is verse 13. He says, Say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. My soul shall live because of thee. When he started to deceive others, we also deceive ourselves unknowingly. We think and we believe by deceiving others that we are delivering ourselves from our problems, but actually we are putting everybody in jeopardy. Abraham's scheme have made, could have saved him from death. The scheming that Abraham did, it could have saved him from death, but it created a very new problem. You might scheme your way out wherever God has put you. It might save you from death, but that can create a new problem. And we are going to see what it is. When we stop trusting God's word and start to lean on man's wisdom, we put ourselves in great trouble. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 to 20. Can you read that quickly, brother? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 to 20. Let no one deceive himself. Mm -hmm. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Mm. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. One more scripture I want to show you in Proverbs, and we all know it very well. Proverbs 3, chap, chap, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. And lean not on your own understanding. Mm. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. When you start living in faith, you will stop scheming anything. Whenever you live in faith, you will not scheme your way through anything, whatever is happening. Even if it is to hurt you, even if it's to bring you down, even if you, it is to, for you to lose your job, even if you are to be thrown out out of this country. But when you walk in faith, don't scheme your way through. The second point, he moved from having faith in God's protection in fearing man. See the next point. He moved from having faith in God's protection to fearing man. Genesis 12, verses 11 to 12 again. I want you to read one scripture there in 12. It says that they say this is his wife and they will kill me. The fear. He says they will think that this is you are my wife and they will want to kill me. God had already told Abraham. I want you to pay attention. God had already told Abraham that he's going to bless him. And he's going to bless those who bless him, and he's going to curse those who curse him. God gave that promise to Abraham. Abraham had forgotten the promise God gave to him at this time when he was finding in a time of crisis. When we operate in fear, we totally forget what God has promised in his word. When you are walking in fear, you will not even be able to get any verses from the scripture. Because your, your mind is blank. You are trying to look for scripture and it's not there for you because fear has gripped you. And you notice when fear grips you, you even will not be able to sleep. You will not be able to talk to people. 
you're, even though you are in the, in, in the company of many people, but your mind is not there, you're gone. Because the enemy is now taking control of you. Listen to Abraham's word. He says, they say, this is his wife and they will kill me. Is that not how we also behave? Abraham lost his confidence in God's word, number one. Number two, Abraham lost his confidence in God's ability to deliver him in the time of crisis. How many of us have lost our confidence in God's word just because we are going through some difficulty, whatsoever be it, in different ways? We have lost it. So what does the word of God say? Let us see what does the word of God say about this. If you look at Proverbs chapter 29, turn your Bibles to Proverbs 29, and look at what, what verse 25 says. We will see God's word. The fear of man brings a snare. Brings a snare. But of, whoever trusts in the Lord mm. shall be safe. Amen. Whoever trusts in the Lord, no matter what be your crisis, you will be safe in Jesus' name. NLT, look at NLT. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but to trust the Lord means safety. Amen? Amen? When you have fear of God in you, you to conquer all other type of fear in Jesus' name. I want to show you one scripture. Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 3. Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, Behold. Behold, yes. God is my salvation. Amen. I will trust and not be afraid. Amen. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Amen. If we put our trust in the, in the confidence in, in God, we will not draw from stagnant and dirty water. Amen. We will not draw from polluted water, but we will draw from fresh waters of salvation. Amen. My third point. He became self-centered. Abraham at this moment, chapter 12, verse 13. My soul shall live, he says. He wanted to live. He only thought about himself. He didn't care. He didn't care about the one person that God gave into his life. Abraham first thought about himself, and he never cared about the woman that God gave him. Fact is that Abraham should have never taken his wife to Egypt on the first incident. He should not have done that. A husband, out of the will of God, can bring all kinds of trouble to his wife and to his family members. When a man is out of the will of God, he can create chaos for the entire family. Fourth point. He became a curse instead of a blessing. God told him earlier, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And all people of the nation will be, will be blessed because of you. And you see what happens when he started to operate in fear. Now the man of blessing has become a man of curse. Let us look at the scripture. Look at Genesis 12. When, see verse 14 and 17. No need reading, brother. In verse 16, I want you to see that. Verse 16, it says, And he entreated Abraham well for her sake. Abraham was taken care because of Sarah. And look at verse 17. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plague because of Sarah's, Abraham's wife. God had to intervene now because of the wife. Because the man put his wife in jeopardy. By Abraham's act of disobedience, 
he endangered the welfare of his wife and he was supposed to be a blessing to those around him now is becoming a curse one first point god's purpose is a slide gone sister god's purpose for abraham's life was to become a blessing but instead it brought a plague to the people around him because of his disobedience we cannot be a blessing to others while we are living out of the will of god please pay attention you cannot be a blessing to your children to your wife to your family to your friends to the church if you are acting out of the will of god it can only be a blessing when you are in the will of god you become a blessing to the people around you amen second point abram was treated well because of his wife we must thank ourselves is this world's goods is the pleasure of this world worth the blessing of god are they more important to us because abram the bible says that he that pharaoh gave abram sheep oxen men servants men servants everything because of the wife was that more than the blessing of god but he chose it at that very moment the third point god had to intervene at this time while abram had forgotten god god did not forget him amen maybe you are sitting here and you have forgotten god you have gone away from him but the bible says i will never leave you i will never forsake you maybe you will go through lot of problems maybe everyone around you is trying to destroy you maybe your company is trying to do bad your friends are trying to do bad everything around you is falling but remember one thing the god who called you will see you through in jesus name genesis 12 verse 18 to 20 for time's sake i have just few minutes more what is this that thou hast done unto me why didn't thou tell me that she was thy wife the bible says why didst thou say she is my sister why did you lie abraham why did you lie here is a heathen asking a child of god why did you lie it's a very sad situation if you are questioned and asked why are you lying and you are supposed to be a child of god god out of his grace watched over his servant and stopped a very tragic event happening to the servant's wife someone might ask brother claudy what if i have already done something wrong i have already done it what should i do now i want to show you quickly in this few minutes how you can make the wrong into right in jesus name the last point correct your decisions and change your direction correct your decision and change your direction look at look at chapter 13 verses 1 and 4 look at chapter 13 verses 1 and 4 it says abram went went are you there with the scripture are you having your bibles open abram went down does it say that say yes it went up the bible says look at your scripture i say down you will say down i say abram died also you say abram died oh praise god god bless you abram went up the bible says and look at verse 3 it says from south even to bethel unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning between bethel and ave no god is taking him back you see that now verse 4 unto the place of the altar god is taking him to the place of altar which he had made there at first 
And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Amen. When you disobey God, the only thing that God will do first to restore you is to take you back from where you left God and walked away. Because God is still waiting for you there. He has not moved. He's still waiting for you to come back and to continue your journey. With God, no failure is final. Can I hear an amen? amen. With God, no failure is final. Amen. With God, no defeat is not deadly. No, 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 no matter what defeat you make, that's not your final destination in Jesus' name. God says, Abraham, the word of God says that Abraham went up out of Egypt. Number one, quickly, Abraham returned to Bethel. Amen? Amen? He returned to the house of God, to the place of worship, to the place of communion with his God. He returned to the place where he had an encounter with God for the first time he went back there. Number two, he returned to worship. Not only he came back to the place where he had an encounter with God, he began to worship God. If you look very carefully, at the altar, only at the altar, can, it's a place of sacrifice, number one. Only at the altar, it's a place of commitment or recommitment. And only at the altar is a place of reservice. When you go back, God will say, I will reinstate you of what you lost. I will make it more better than what you had before. Amen? Last, he returned to prayer. We find he returned to Bethel, he returned to worship, and now Abraham returned to prayer. The Bible says he called on the name of the Lord. Amen? I want to show you one thing. While Abraham was in Egypt, we don't find the scripture saying that he had prayer or fellowship or communion with God. So what does that tell us? When we are out of the will of God and when we enter Egypt, it will stop us from worshipping God. Nowhere in the scripture it says that Abraham had encounter. But all along, every time you find Abraham's journey, every time he went from one place to another place, he had communion with God. He prayed. He worshipped God. But in Egypt, there was no reference that he called upon God. But God remembered Abraham. Amen? Can we stand please? In order to be a closing, we'll sing this song, Hallelujah. I'm coming back to a heart of worship, just the chorus. And I want you to make it as a commitment that God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. I have gone away from you for a long time. For some reason in my crisis, I have even forgot about you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made it. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. One more time. Let us lift our hands to the Lord. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made it. When it's all about you, 
It's all about you, Jesus. Amen. Is your life in ruins today? If it is, the road from ruins to success requires one decision and one decision only. Luke 15 verse 17 says this, and this is about the prodigal son. And when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. And in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Decision number one, realization. Decision number two, repentance. From ruin to success, talk to God. Realize where you are. All you need is to realize where you are. Don't stay in that muck. Don't say you can't do anything about it. You can. But you have to take that decision. It's not about your neighbor. Your neighbor can't decide for you. If you want to move out of ruins, just talk to God. Stop running. Running doesn't help anyone. And do not live in fear. It's time to work and to operate in faith. You and I were called to be overcomers. Be an overcomer. Father God, we want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for giving us the solution to the problem that many of us are in right now, Lord. Because you have seen, Lord Father, that so often we wallow in the muck, Lord Father. Not taking that decision to walk back to you, Lord Father. To talk to you, Lord. Father God, thank you, Lord, for telling us that there is a way forward. There is a way we can move from ruin to success. And Father God, that is what we want. Father God, we do not want to remain in ruins, Lord, but we want to move into your presence, to be in the house of God, to taste success at every moment, Lord. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have told us today that there is hope, that there is a way forward. Do what you need to do. Father God, we just commit Brother Claudia into your hands, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to use him, minister unto him more, Lord, that he will be able to minister unto us. Anoint him, Lord. Bless him and his family. And Father, at this time, we very specially want to pray for that pain that he experiences, that he experienced over the last couple of days, Lord. Something to stop him from bringing your word, Lord Father. But we ask, Lord, as a congregation, church, pray for Brother Claudie. As a church, Lord, we bring Brother Claudie into your hands, Lord. That you will touch, you will heal, you will restore. That that pain will be history, Lord Father. It doesn't matter what name is given to that pain, Lord, but that pain is history. Father God, we decree and we, we proclaim complete healing upon his life, Lord. That that pain which is disturbing him shall no longer do so. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for you have touched him, Lord Father. We give glory to you. Thank you, Father, for every one of us here. And as we depart from this place, I pray, Lord, that our eyes will be focused on you as we walk towards success. For in Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, just one point, and that is uh, new, those of you who have been uh, coming to this church from January 2016 onwards, it was announced that you would meet at the back of the church. Uh, instead of that, you will meet on this side, on the left side. There is another event happening at the back, so we will meet on this side. So those of you who have come for the first time, anytime during 2016, please come over here and we will meet. And church, this will be our route of exit to today. We will continue to use this route as our main route of exit as of today. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.